Thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistachurch.org. church for years and 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 every time you come to this church there is a bible verse that is in this sanctuary do you know where it is do you know where it is where is it well there is one that's blocked on the front of the table do this in remembrance of me that is a bible verse but there's another one where is it Right there, right behind us, is a Bible verse. It's found in Ephesians chapter 4, and uh, mainly verse 5. Actually, I'd like to read that. Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll look at verses 4, 5, and 6. Many of you have seen that, and maybe you didn't even know it was a Bible verse, but it is. And this is what it says. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4, 5, and 6. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. One Lord, one faith, One baptism. And I don't even know if you're aware of this, but it's not talking about the baptism that happens behind that red curtain. It's not talking about that. And uh, what it is talking about is what we are going to talk about this morning as we, for the next few weeks, you'll notice the sermon title, Answers to Holy Spirit Questions. And so the question we are going to answer today is what is the baptism by the Holy Spirit? If you have a bulletin, you can take a peek there, and uh, on the back side is an opportunity for you to take some notes if you so choose. This is what it says on the back of your bulletin. In our study of the Holy Spirit, we've been doing it for three or four or five weeks now, I'm not sure, we've learned that God is three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Each of these three are fully God. Let's see. Each of these are fully God, and yet there is one God. It's kind of hard to understand, but that's what the Bible teaches. This is referred to as the Trinity of the Godhead. We also learn the job description, if you will, of the Holy Spirit. And the job description of the Holy Spirit is huge. Got a big job description. One of the first things the Holy Spirit does is He convicts the world of sin. And then the Holy Spirit draws believers unto God the Father. And then the Holy Spirit is in charge of regeneration, or you might know it as the word or words, born again, or conversion, or when you invited Jesus into your heart. Those are all the same idea. Conviction, drawing, regeneration, Adoption into God's family, indwelling, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit helps us in sanctification, where we learn to be more like Jesus. He intercedes for us, we talked about that last week. He comforts us, we talked about that last week. 
He preserves us. He holds us secure. He is our guarantee that God will fulfill ultimately our glorification. Where one day we'll meet Jesus and spend eternity with Him. For the remainder of our study, we will answer some common questions concerning the Holy Spirit. And the first one, as I uh, shared, is this. What is the baptism by the Holy Spirit? Next week, we'll look at how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? Then, what are the sins against the Holy Spirit? And then, what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? What are the fruits of the Holy Spirit? And then, guess what? It's Christmas time! We're going to fill these out over the next few weeks, and then we're going to dive into Christmas, which is pretty exciting. So our text is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Maybe you take your Bible and turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we will read verses 12 and 13 together. And so that body that it's talking about, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one body, is really this body that happens to meet on this corner. We call ourselves the Minnetrista Baptist Church. But we are a part of a greater body, which is all Christians in all churches around the world. But the church is referred to as a body, so the Bible says the body is a unit. And you know, as your body gets older, it's important for your body to stay where it's supposed to be, i.e., you don't want your shoulder to poke where, out where it's not supposed to poke out. All right? That's important for the, your body to stay where it's supposed to be. But we are a unit. There you go. Though it is made up of many parts, and our body is made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body. All right, we know about that. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit. Actually, I'm going to read that again. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks... Now, to us, that doesn't sound like a big deal, but back then, that was a big deal, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. That is the reading of God's Word. And so we are going to ask the question today, and hopefully answer it, what is the baptism by the Holy Spirit that that verse talks about? And I put the definition up here, very simply... Put, baptism by the Holy Spirit is placing the believer into union with Christ as the head of the church and union with others forming the body of the church. So that is what it means when we talk about one baptism. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Very simply put, baptism by the Holy Spirit is the placing of the believer into union with Christ as the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church, and then we are the rest of the body of the church, and union with others forming the body of the church. So that's what it means, but we are going to answer the questions who, when, and why. So if you're taking notes, the first question is who? Who receives the baptism by the Holy Spirit? And the answer to that question is all believers. If you are a believer, you have received the baptism by the Holy Spirit. In Mark chapter 1, verse 8, 
Now, that was a long time ago when we studied the book of Mark, and especially Mark chapter 1, verse 8. But I'm sure you remember that John the Baptist predicted that Jesus would baptize by the Holy Spirit. That promise was fulfilled, of course, and we've talked about this already, on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4, that is the fulfilling of that promise that John the Baptist made and Jesus made that people would be filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized by the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, that happened in the upper room. And uh, you can read about that in Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. For the first time in biblical history, God's people were permanently indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And you will see above, when we talked about the job description, you've got conviction, you've got drawing, you've got regeneration, you've got adoption, and you've got indwelling. This is the beginning of what we call the church age. The church, what we are a part of now is the body of Christ on this date, uh, the 10th of October 2021, is... The same church age that began on the day of Pentecost all those years previous. And our passage confirms that all believers at our conversion or our regeneration are placed or are baptized into the body of Christ, which is the church. And that's what it says in verse 13, for we were all, that includes all, all, all includes all, we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. And that was done by the supernatural, miraculous indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So, in a nutshell, who receives the baptism by the Holy Spirit? All believers do. If you are a believer, you have received the baptism by the Holy Spirit. When did you receive that? When did you receive that? You received that at your conversion. You received the baptism by the Holy Spirit at your conversion. When you were saved, or when you were born again, or when you were converted or when you invited Jesus into your heart, however you want to say it, whenever you did that, you immediately received the promised gift of God the Holy Spirit indwelling you. I think I shared with you before, but when I was a kid, we sang a song in church, and uh, in our youth group actually, and it was entitled, On a Great Day, Somebody Saved Me. And we go through the whole days of the week. It was on a Monday, somebody saved me. It was on a Monday, somebody saved me. It was on a Monday, somebody saved me. must have been the hand of the Lord. And so if you were converted on a Monday, you stood up when we sang that song. Well, not very many people are converted on Mondays, so not very many people in my youth group stood up. Then we'd go to, it was on a Tuesday, somebody saved me. It was on a Tuesday, somebody, and then we'd go to Wednesday. Well, we had midweek service, and a few more of my friends stood up because they invited Christ into their life on a Wednesday. It was on a Thursday, hardly anybody stood up. It was on a Friday, well, there was a few people that stood up. There was a few people that stood up on a Saturday, but guess what? Everybody 
or most everybody stood up on. It was on a Sunday, somebody saved me. And then just to catch everybody, the very last verse was, it was on a great day. Somebody saved me. So if you couldn't figure out, if you couldn't remember what day it was, you got to stand up at the end. Well, the idea is, is that when you, when, when you receive Christ on that great day, when you were converted, you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is synonymous with salvation. It is not a special experience for only a few. Now, a while back, and not so much today, many people saw the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a second blessing, if you will, which usually included you speaking in tongues. And so I remember long ago when I was in high school and college, uh, I would go to a lot of Christian concerts, and after the Christian concerts were over, there would be what they would call an indwelling. And so after the concert was over, a whole bunch of people would go to the back of the sanctuary if the concert was at a church, and they would ask the question, are you saved? And we'd say yes. And then the next question is, have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And basically what they were asking was, have you... Uh, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, signifying by your speaking in tongues. And so I remember in the 70s and 80s, there was a tremendous movement of some Christians to push new Christians to this second baptism, if you will. And Vicki tells the story of when she was younger, and she was involved in a church where there was this bent that wanted to get everybody who was saved to also speak in tongues. And so she remembers that many times after their Wednesday night service, after their Sunday morning service, her friends would gather her together and pray over her that she would speak in tongues. And, uh, you know, Vicki... It didn't, it didn't happen, and, and they were very concerned for her because they wanted to make sure that she was a Christian and that she had this second blessing that was so important. And so they prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and Vicki never spoke in tongues. And it was very disappointing for them, and so they almost looked at Vicki as a second-class citizen. And so one day, Vicki just decided, you know what, I'm going to get them off my back. And so she said, and they said, finally, she got the blessing of the Holy Spirit and the baptism, and she spoke in tongues. Well, that was counterfeit and not true, and there was a lot of interesting things that happened back then. That is not what is meant by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism by the Holy Spirit is the placing at conversion of all believers into union with Jesus as the head of the church and as the body, which as believers we are now a part of. But even a bigger question than all of those first two, the why or when is, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the who and when, is this question why? Why do we have a baptism of the Holy Spirit or by the Holy Spirit? 
And very simply, I'm going to tell you, it's for your sanctification. The reason we have a baptism by the Holy Spirit is for your sanctification. The term sanctification, and we've used this term a lot, is our progressive growth from the moment we became a Christian to the moment we die of becoming more and more and more and more and more like Jesus. That's what sanctification is. Becoming more and more and more and more like Jesus from the moment we are born again to the moment we pass from this earth. We are involved in the process or we should be involved in the process of sanctification. So we often say, are you farther along in your faith and in your love for Jesus and in your desire to serve Jesus and your desire to act like Jesus, are you farther along this year than you were last year? Are you farther along this year than you were ten years ago? Are you farther along today than you were yesterday? So the baptism by the Holy Spirit was inaugurated as part of our sanctification process. And I think this is the practical part of my message. If ever there was a spot that we can see our progress of being more like Jesus or being less like Jesus, it's in our church. And so Jesus even, or Paul even said to the Corinthians, he says, listen, we're, we're all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether you are Jews which they thought they were the chosen one and that the Gentiles or the Greeks should not be included. But then Paul says, or Greeks, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and then we could add to that red, brown, yellow, black and white, male, female, young, old, rich, poor, certain desires, certain biblical maturity, certain gifts, certain opinions, we are what they call a hobo stew. Do you know what a hobo stew is? Whatever you got in the refrigerator, you throw it into a pot and that becomes your dinner. All right? We as a church are a hobo stew. We've got everybody involved. And as we are all involved, God knew that this mixture would be us working out our sanctification. One place that you can certainly grow in your relationship with the Lord is by being involved in a church. There's no, there you go, Chet. You got, the, you got the point. Our makeup as a church, because red, brown, yellow, black, and white, different sexes, because we are a hobo stew, we need supernatural intervention. You know what? I've always said this. If God was not the God of the church, and if the Holy Spirit was not actively involved in a church, churches would have disappeared maybe a few weeks after Pentecost. Because churches are run by human beings who are sinners, and we mess up a lot. We mess up a lot. But thankfully, the church is a supernatural intervention and invention of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
And our makeup as a church needs supernatural intervention. And you know what that supernatural intervention is called? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the supernatural intervention that we need as a church. And it's that supernatural intervention of the Holy Spirit that helps us because we are so unique and because we are a hobo stew, it's that supernatural intervention of the Holy Spirit that helps us have one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. And every day you are a part of any church. And by the way, if you find the perfect church, let me know. Uh, there is no such thing because uh, we as human beings belong to churches and we are sinners, so there's no such thing as a perfect church. But when we are involved in the life of the church, we will be severely tested in terms of our sanctification. That's why, we're going to pretty much conclude with this, that's why God included in His holy word the one another's. The one another's. And we've got a slide here of a whole bunch of different one another's that God included in the Holy Scriptures. God included the one another's in Holy Scripture to be acted out in the life of the church to enable our sanctification. So we did. We did a study on the one another's many months, many few years ago here. But these are some of them. The list is pretty big. Loving one another. So, so the idea here is these are the things that we're doing in our church, the way we treat each other, to help us become more and more like Jesus. The sanctification of the one baptism. Loving one another. Let's say them together. Loving one another, accepting one another, teaching and admonishing one another, confessing sins to one another, bearing one another's burdens, encouraging one another, serving one another, spurring on one another, spurring one another on, all right, that's, that's the way it's, spurring one another on, forgiving one another, submitting to one another, praying for one another, caring for one another, being kind to one another, living in harmony with one another, do not envy one another, be hospitable to one another, and the very last, etc., 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 etc. Those are the one another's. And we need to be practicing these in our church. You could look up there and you can say, you know what, I do good at that, that, that. Ugh, I kind of struggle there, and maybe I struggle there a little bit. Uh, Lord, God, the Holy Spirit, help me, because I'm involved in this body as a way of helping me be sanctified, being more and more like Jesus. God included the one another's in Holy Scripture to be acted out in the life of the church to enable our sanctification. And Jesus knew this was going to be difficult. If you look at his last prayer before the cross, it's found in John chapter 17. John chapter 17 and verse 20. 
This is what Jesus prays. He knew that the church was going to have a hard time and that we were going to struggle with our sanctification, being part of the body of Christ. And so this is what Jesus prayed. John chapter 17, verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. So Jesus is saying, hey, I'm not praying for just the disciples. I'm praying also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you and I, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity. And why? To let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Jesus knew that it was going to be difficult to be involved in one baptism. And so he even prayed for us before he went to the cross. You are placed in this body to help you grow to be more like Jesus. Bottom line. You are placed in this body to help you grow to be more like Jesus. And so at the bottom of your bulletin, there's a song, and uh, it's Spirit of the Living God. And hey, you, you did. You, you uh, corrected my error. If you got the bulletin, you'll notice that I spelled spirit wrong, but whoever did this uh, uh, caught my error there. Thank you, Don. And uh, you got spirit spelled right there. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. And then this is the prayer. Melt me. Melt me. Mold me. Fill me. And then use me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. On me. Let's sing this together. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Melt me mold me fill me use me spirit of the living god fall fresh on me let's bow our heads for prayer lord we thank you for your word it's so very practical Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.